You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferberg, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there, welcome to the SPED Prep Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this podcast was created to guide special educators in their journey to become amazing teachers. I provide you with the support and training you need to become a successful special educator. This profession is not for everyone. In fact, it takes a special heart to even want to go into this field to begin with. But once you're here, you realize that it also takes a whole lot of toughness, resiliency, and dedication. But when you know, you know. If this is your calling and you are in it for the long haul, then this is the place to be. And I'm going to be right by your side, helping you learn everything you can about being a great special educator. If you don't know where your strengths and weaknesses lie, I want you to let me help you figure it out. I have a fun little quiz I developed to validate your strengths while also helping you pinpoint exactly what it is that's holding you back from being the best dang special educator around. Just go to www.spedprepacademy.com slash quiz and answer the questions to find out your superpower and your kryptonite today. That's spedprepacademy.com slash quiz. So I'd like to pose a question to you. As a special educator, what are three things you absolutely would refuse to do your job without? Like dig your heels in, clench your jaw, die on this hill kind of things. I would absolutely love it if you'd message me on Instagram with your top three. I'm just truly curious as to what they would be. Maybe I'm missing something and you can try to sway me to add a fourth to my list. Or maybe you don't have any yet because you are new to the field or because you are just a go with the flow type of person. And that's okay. But I think once you hear my three, you'll start to see how important they are. I was reading a blog post the other day about the things that special education teachers must have in their classroom, and not one of the three things on my list even made their top 10. So it got me thinking, am I in the minority? And if so, WTH. Because friends, I will die on this hill. I have been in this profession way too long to sacrifice my sanity by not having these three things. The first is supportive administration. This is something I have never not had but I've heard enough horror stories from tons of teachers to know that I will never teach without it. I guess I've always been lucky enough to always have admin from assistant principals to principals and even farther up the ladder to directors and superintendents who have supported me completely. They have trusted me and my abilities enough to let me do my job and to supervise my staff without interference. But I feel deep down that it has more to do with just luck. Getting the support is twofold. I know that my behavior and my actions have definitely played a part in helping my admin see that I can be trusted to get the job done right. I'm not an administrator, nor do I have the desire to be, but I do have a very good understanding of what an administrator wants from their teachers. They want to know that they can depend on you to do your job without complaining all the time. Yes, I know special education can be stressful. Yes, it can be frustrating and overwhelming and exhausting. But if you went into this field with the expectation that it was going to be easy, you were seriously misled. The majority of special educators know that this job is going to be hard when they sign up, but they do it anyway because they feel called to the profession. So when the stress comes, and it will come, what good does it do anyone if you're constantly whining and complaining about it to your administrators? Now, don't get me wrong, my co-teacher and I have both had some major meltdowns over the years where we were to the point of either this has to change or we leave. One of those meltdowns happened when a general education teacher had absolutely no control over the classroom, and we were in there for inclusion every single day. 
It got so bad that we just couldn't take it anymore, and we ended up begging for something to be done. And it was taken care of, but that's the point. The principals knew that if we were on the verge of walking out, then it had to be really, really bad. If we had been complaining all along and crying wolf, I imagine the ending would have gone differently. Your principals also want to know that they can depend on you to just flat do your job. Meeting deadlines, planning lessons, and correctly completing paperwork are just a few of the things that your administrators want you to be competent with. Most likely, if you're getting your stuff done on time and accurately, your principals will leave you be. In fact, if you're a headman or anything like mine, they don't want my job. And as much as they are willing to learn and try to understand, they will never fully get what it is to be a special educator, and that's okay with them. They are good with stepping back and letting us do what we've been trained to do. Now, I want to insert a caveat here. I do understand that there are administrators who have control issues and who feel the need to have a hand in every decision that is made regarding your program, from scheduling services to managing paras to requiring you to use a certain curriculum. They might even go as far as creating your schedule for you and requiring you to do things a certain way, even if those things go against an IEP. I'm not naive enough to think that there aren't bosses who operate like this. And if this is your life, I feel for you. But I have to ask, is this what you want? Do you stay in this position because you don't know any other way? Is this a hill that you're willing to surrender? If it is, then this one isn't going to make your top three, and that's okay. But I know myself, and I know that if I was in a situation where I was being micromanaged at every turn, I would be looking for a different position. The second thing I could not teach without is not having some type of organized system for progress monitoring my students. I can't tell you how many times I've come up with a great goal and then I've spent hours searching for the perfect progress monitoring tool, looking for the perfect probe to use that would quickly and accurately give me the data I needed. For years, I would just piece together things and then forget what I used or misplace the copy. So in true Jennifer fashion, I just created my own and I use it every week. It allows me to use the same forms, the same probes, and the same sheets every time I progress monitor a kid. And having it all in one place, all in one notebook, allows me to keep track of IEP goals and benchmarks has made my life so much easier. So what I created is a survey level assessment. And whenever I write a goal, whether it's for fluency or comprehension or spelling or math facts, there's a probe for it. It is created for K-5 skills, and so once I write the goal, I have the sheet that I want to use. I can make copies to put in my data notebook behind each student's name, and when it's time to progress monitor, I can just pull out that notebook and be ready to go. I don't have to go hunting down a new probe, which would make my data inconsistent because I would end up just using whatever I could find, which isn't a very valid way to keep data. So now I just use the same probe every time, and I'm able to show growth to the parents. And if you need to, you can move up and down on grade levels depending on what a student needs. And last year, or maybe the year before, I turned the kindergarten and first grade skills into a digital version for boom cards. And now I don't even have to print the papers if I don't want to. So if you're interested in learning more about the survey level assessment notebook or the digital version, I will link those products in the show notes and you can check them out there. I promise you that whether you use my product or not, I want you to know that you'll never be sorry you put a system into place. Putting systems into place is never a bad thing. So whether it's something that you create yourself and just keep it a binder, or if it's a product like this that you purchase or somebody else's, I just want you to know how important this is to me as a veteran teacher. And so maybe it will be important to you too. 
The third thing I would never teach without is my paraprofessional handbook. I talk a lot about this on my show, but it's for a very good reason. I did this job for 20 very, very long years without a para handbook of any kind, and I just want to yell at myself. I mean, I want to go back and shake me because what was I thinking? What was I thinking? How did I even manage to get through those 20 years? When I think back on it now, I'm like, what the hell were you doing? Because it was hard being a young teacher and I struggled and it was embarrassing. Not embarrassing that I struggled because I know most special education teachers struggle in this area, but it's embarrassing to me that I let it go on for so long. And I'm mad that I didn't do something sooner. And I don't want that for you. I want you to know how important this is to a veteran teacher, and I want you to know that it will change your career. And I would never even consider not using a pair handbook now. This thing literally changed the game for me. I went from being this meek, mealy-mouthed teacher who wanted to think of themselves as a boss and who wanted to have the confidence to stand up to the things that were happening on my watch, like paras coming to school late all the time or not being where they're supposed to be or arguing with each other. That was my least favorite. Just the grittiness of my staff, the complaining about something that they were asked to do or griping that they had to cover for someone else or even just not doing what they were asked at all. And I went from being that to being a strong, confident leader. And I don't view myself as a boss anymore. I don't necessarily like it when someone refers to me as their boss. I'd rather them just call me their supervisor. I don't want to be anyone's boss. I didn't go to school to be a boss. I went to school to be a teacher. And when I figured out that I could also be a teacher to them, that I could lead them, that I could train them, that I could teach them to do the things I needed them to do, that's when it all changed for me. And how I got there was through the use of a parabinder. So what's included in this handbook is, well, just think of it this way. You are an employee, and I guarantee you, you have been given a handbook for your school and probably even for your district. And as special education teachers, we even have handbooks for policies and laws. And I'd guess that most non-education companies even have handbooks for their employees, because all a handbook does is give employees a detailed overview of policies that are specific to their organization, along with the expectations, procedures, guidelines, and rules that need to be followed. It sets the mood, it sets the culture, the climate, and the mission for your school. And it's the same for a pair of binder. You are communicating that this is important to me. It's important enough that I wrote it down and put it in a binder. And so because it's important to me, I want it to be important to you. That's all it is. It's just communication. And by doing that, you're setting them up for success. And when they have success, you have success. Implementing a pair of binder has helped me morph into a true leader. One who does everything with the team in mind instead of the individual. I got rid of the negative feelings I was harboring, and I was able to begin clearly communicating everything that I had been dying to say. I know whenever I talk about this topic, I get very passionate because I just believe in it so much, and I couldn't do this job without it. In fact, if someone came and said, you can't use that anymore, then I'm out. I'm out. I would just walk out. I'd find somewhere else to go because it's that important to me. It has made all the difference in the way my parents communicate with each other, in the way that they communicate with me, and it's okay to be passionate about something you believe in. Creating an employee handbook from scratch can seem like a daunting task, though, and I have to tell you, it was a huge undertaking. I couldn't even begin to calculate how many hours and hours and hours I spent sitting in my chair in front of the TV developing mine. But since I did the work, you won't have to. 
If you've been on the fence about purchasing one, let me ensure you that this will be the best $20 you've ever spent. If you want to check it out, I will add a link to the show notes. And if you have any questions, just shoot me an email at Jennifer Sped Prep Academy. So there you have it. Those are my three things that I refuse to teach without. And I think that I could probably talk about the benefits of these three things for several hours if somebody wanted to, you know, hash it out with me. But I'm going to shut up for now because I'm sure you have things to go and do. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell that just by listening to the show that you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I'm so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to share it with your friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a review. They give an instant boost to my ego, and they help others find the podcast as well. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I share more training and tips. And I've even been creating some fun informational reels. So you need to go check those out. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but they are really fun to make. You can find me at Sped Prep Academy over there on Instagram. If you liked what you heard today and realized you have found your Sped soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.